Welcome to another episode of It's been a little while. I haven't uh, put up a podcast in a little bit because I've just been traveling and and um, and doing all types of different activities. They had the fiftieth anniversary of the Comedy Store at the Comedy Store in L.A. on Sunset Boulevard on, um, what was it, April 7th, and that was a good time. It was really awesome to see generations of comedians who have, you know, ranged from quitting comedy to hugely successful in comedy in other parts of Hollywood, Uh, but it was really good to see old friends who I started with, um, some people who I've met along the way. And uh, just some good people overall. Some really cool, fun, funny people. So that was awesome to be a part of, get that invite as being a paid regular at the Comedy Store. That was a really cool event. Food was actually good this time, which is rare because uh, Comedy Store has always been a little bit cheap on the uh, food. But this time they had like Kobe beef burgers and chicken sliders and enchiladas and street tacos and guacamole and shrimp, so on and so forth. But it was good. And uh, plenty of it. Great evening. Uh, Like I said, honored to be a part of it. Honored to be a part of that building, have my name on the wall and have my picture, Couple, I think a couple pictures up on those walls. Um, And also honored to be a part of a a comedy class that has... um, made its own little statement in the industry so it's uh it's been a um cool year so far you know these cruises have been interesting which i did another one of those got stuck in miami for five days which could have been worse but i was downtown went clubbing by myself a couple nights and uh fun beautiful women down there very Cuban, very, very Latina down there. You know, Latino, I don't know how you say it, but uh, someone mentioned Miami as being the pretentiousness of L.A. and the relaxation of San Diego smashed together with a Cuban flair, which I thought was a good good description. But I also have a couple friends in Miami now that I really look forward to seeing, and it's a great city by itself, but... Um, I know that South Beach has become a little little more um, unsafe or a little shady, um, a little more violent and risky, but uh, the city itself is pretty cool, and the food, oh, God, I went to some place with my buddy, and I know it always comes to food, but, man, do they have some really great tapas, some, like, little plates and of, like, Spanish food, and it was... Off the chain. I can't believe I just said that. Come on, gay. So a couple things I want to talk about. Um, Gilbert Godfrey passed away a couple days ago. And I know Godfrey was a um, was one of the, like a comedy favorite. Like comedians loved him. And especially like Italian, Jeff Ross. And um, that generation of comedians. Uh, especially in New York and also... Most specifically, like the seller and those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, he passed away. I guess he was suffering from an illness for a little while. 
I met and worked with him a few times. Um, never really hung out with him. Never really spoke to him on a on a um, long level. But um, I remember him being a nice guy. I remember uh, having really good shows in front of him. Um, now he wasn't for everyone, but he's certainly a seasoned comic and one of a kind. I'm not my favorite. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not even gonna say he's. Uh, I was a little annoyed by his voice, but I will give him the credit that uh, memorable, one of a kind, definitely funny, and uh, hard to forget. Definitely successful too. I mean, he had that Affleck. One of my favorite stories about him is he lost that Affleck commercial because he was the doctor. Affleck. Uh, he lost that contract or that um, co- those commercials because of a joke he made about the tsunami. Um, I forget specifically what the joke was, but I think it had something to do with like um, are the sharks going to get AIDS or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> from heating the people. Or, or was it, or was it, maybe that was Sean Rouse's joke. Maybe it was had to do with sewing machines being tied to their kids' legs so they could drown when the water came in. I don't know. It was, it was something that somebody or people complained about being um, um, inappropriate or offensive, and obviously you know what happens now. When anyone gets offended, you have to stop everything to make sure nobody's feelings get hurt. Come on, yay. I can't talk about that enough. You know, thousands of people see my act and like it, and there's one person that's offended, and I may lose work because it's like that has to stop. Be offended. Who gives a shit? That's on you. Those are your feelings. You deal with them. I don't. I, why should I have to? Why does my livelihood and my, you know, the food that I put on my table for my family affected by how you feel? They're my feelings. No one gives a shit. God, take your feelings and shove them up your ass. I, I still like to this day. I can't believe it. Like people complain about my act on these cruises. It's like, it's free. What are you bitching? If you don't like my act, go play bingo. Go, go friggin', you know, buy some candy or, or gamble or go to the sports book or do what. There's a thousand activities on the boat and you have to go down and complain about one. I'm not for everyone. I'm not the one who hired me. I do my jokes. They're funny. They've been tested many times. If you don't like them, go away. I always say, yeah, I always say about my people, let them go. Let them go. If you don't want to see it, go somewhere else. You're not comedy fans. You're just taking advantage of a free show on a boat, man. And the fact that you come in drunk and heckle and, and wonder why the, the, the comedian shreds you or the reason why, oh, you didn't really do many jokes. Yeah, because I was dealing with a bunch of drunk morons that have no respect and no no regard for the show. Anyways, so Gilbert Gottfried died. <laughs> Sorry, come on, guy. Gilbert Gottfried died. I remember just slaying in front of him in Boston. Faneuil Hall, Comedy Connection. The book was like, dude, 
kill this guy. I don't know why he said that. I don't know if he didn't like him or not, but I went up and at the time I was probably at the top of my game. There was a time where I was pretty sharp, man, and I was killing headliners, like top headliners. Uh, not on purpose. I don't. I don't believe in that. But I was doing my job, and I was trying to prove myself. Because, you know, in order to get to be a headliner, you know, you have to, you know, kill it every night and show them that you're capable of doing it. So I was just doing my job. I swear I wasn't trying to like bury him, but you know, I was having better shows with him that week. Uh, more importantly, though, I. I know how much he was loved and respected, and definitely had some pretty amazing moments. You know, um, he was in that that one movie where comedians just did the same joke over and over again. I forget the name of the movie. I watched some of it, but he was one of the funny ones in that. God rest his soul, man. And uh, you know, it was too bad that he left us early, but. A lot of things are going on right now, man. I, you know, people are broke, people are sad, people are in the dumps, and nobody cares. And a lot of mental illness going around. Another one of my friends, she used to work the door at the comedy store. She was a young comedian and, you know, making her way. And she took her own life this week. And that was pretty sad because I took her on the road a couple times. And nice girl. And I knew she had some issues, but we all do. I mean... Show me one funny, normal comedian, and I'll show you you're wrong. You know, we're all a little messed up, man, and, and it's hard. The world is, right now, dude, I'm I'm working a lot and making decent money, and I'm still broke as a joke. So I get it, man. It's it's not easy out there. Um, I, you know, I, I, I condone. Like, I was bitching the other day to one of my friends. I said, "Oh, I need more work." And you know, and I have work lined up. I'm I'm not like suffering per se, but I was telling him, I was like, "Man, I really need an agent. I need this." And he's like, "Dude, relax." He goes, "You're lucky you're working. There's comics better than you that are scraping and 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 grinding just to get work too. And and they're not getting work. So I guess I should feel blessed in a way. And I do. I'm lucky, man. I mean, I'm on the hustle and I, you know, I'm always working on my stuff, and, and I make decent relationships with these people and wish I had more clubs uh, that I've worked in the past that have, you know, that remember me or bring me back or, or, or bring me back as a headliner because, you know, there's no making there's no making a living as a feature act on the road anymore. There's just not. They don't pay enough. There's not, a, you know, there's not enough gigs. And the, even if you do work all four weeks of the month in a way which I will not do because I'm trying to maintain a you know a marriage here but if all four you you know you're scraping man if you're living in a $500 a month apartment that's a crap hole that you could barely you know barely want to live in in the first place it, maybe you could pull that off but unless your expenses are zero you know you're not going to make a living with the traveling and the you know, either with the gas or the airlines. I mean, it's just right now it's very, very difficult to make a living as a stand-up. And like I said, I have been for 23 years, and I'm continuing that, but it has gotten harder, <laughs> you know. 
especially as a headliner too, because now that I'm headlining all over the, you know, and I have been, but now that I've been headlining all over the place, they don't bring you back as much. And once a year, maybe, maybe once every 18 months, if you're lucky. And and this, there have been places that I do very well, and they refuse to bring me back, whether they don't like me or they think I'm dirty or I'm killing their headliners or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, it's it's just very difficult to to make a decent living. Um, you know, because I do have a three bedroom house, I got two cars, I got a you know a lady, I got pets, I got a lady who doesn't eat at home. I mean, it's just it. It just adds up and never ends, man. So, God bless all you comedians making a living on the hustle. Um, don't give up. Really, just keep calling and and uh, wait your turn, I guess. And as much as I bitch and moan, I you know I could use something to help me out, man. Like some kind of major credit of sorts. I've seen what a big credit can do for people. It can really set them, you know, off into that atmosphere. And and now I'm starting to learn the social media stuff a little bit. And, and I've seen my numbers grow exponentially. And I'm like, wow, this is... And I'm, I wouldn't say I'm addicted to it because I really am not the type of, like, like me, like me. But if you put out content and you promote it correctly and eyes and ears get on it, it's kind of cool to watch the numbers go up. Like, I did something today that... One of my friends actually pointed me in the direction of the Johnny Depp trial and the Amber Heard. So I put out a little video that he uh, edited for me. And we put it out there, and within, I think it was two hours, I already had 5,500 views, which, you know, is, is not a ton, but it's certainly something, you know? And that 5,500 can very, very easily turn into millions over time if promoted and. And, and done correctly because, you know, we hashtagged it and we added people and, you know, and I don't want to bore the people out there with that stuff, but, you know, it, it's, if you do things right, it builds. And once you build it, people will come. Um, I did shows at the uh, new L.A. Comedy Club in Las Vegas this week and, Man, I'm I'm I have to give a little shout out to Matt and Joaquin over there because they uh, uh they have a beautiful club now in the Dragon Room at the Stratosphere at the end of the Strip. Um, this club is badass, man. And they they've, the other club was cool. It was a little, as they described it, um, uh, like uh, uh, like Green Dayish. Like, they, it was punk rock, you know? Like, you got up and you swung for the fences in that building. But this place is classier. People walk in, they respect the room. They shut up. They let the comedians do their thing, usually. I mean, I've only done it twice, but they let the comedians do their things because they respect the room. They respect the ticket sale that they bought. So that was uh, really cool to do that room and um, and to see how that club has evolved over time it's 10 times better they have a bar area outside they have a waiting area where you can sit and relax they have a place where you can take pictures uh the showroom's beautiful they u- really used all their skills of owning and running comedy clubs over the last 20 years 
Uh, they used all those skills to make this club, and it is aeronomically and audibly, beautifully uh, designed in every way possible for comedians. So congratulations to the L.A. Comedy Club on, on really, really taking it to the next level, man. They're, that, that club's as good as any I've seen in, in, in L.A. I'm sorry, in Vegas. And, and, you know, Brad Garrett's club is beautiful now. They just moved their room. I love the Laugh Factory over at the Tropicana. Uh, that's one of my favorite rooms in Vegas. Um, so it was uh, it was cool to be a part of the club, but it's even cooler to be part of the new club because I really see big things for this club. Um, went to the Dirty at 1230 this week, saw the Smash Brothers, who are friends of mine via Ralphie May, but also just through the years seeing these guys um, do their Dirty show in, in Ontario and also... Uh, the Dirty at 12.30 in Vegas. They killed it, man. I am definitely interested in uh, directing and producing their special. I think they have something that uh, people will dig. I'm really back on the tip of directing and producing people's specials since the ones I did with a few of my friends. Is, uh, they're almost done, and they turned out pretty well, and I'm stoked about that. Um, and... I don't know what's going on with the cruises right now. I did a cruise to Cozumel. Got shit-faced in Cozumel. Hung out with someone I didn't even know. I don't know who she was, but hung out, had some laughs. Um, Ended up getting so drunk, I was just (laughs) hurting for two days. Uh, So that was fun. Cozumel was cool in its own way, and... um, yeah, these cruises are interesting. I'm starting to figure them out a little bit better. I'm learning how to fake these PG shows, and my dirty shows are going well. And um, I can't complain, man. I'm working. I don't know if they'll hire me back because I committed to a boat, and they couldn't fly me out of Miami. So <laughs> one day I basically said, yes, I'll do the boat, and then all of a sudden I couldn't get to the boat because um, the flights were all canceled. So they had to pay me just to say I'd do it, which I'm sure they don't like. They tried so hard to get me on another boat, and um, I just uh, I just couldn't get on. They, I guess there weren't enough pilots. There was weather. There was all kinds of crazy shit causing all these cancellations in Miami and um, so I just end up getting paid not to do the cruise, which is a blessing. Whenever you can get paid like that, but I do want to do them again. I I didn't think I want to, but I do. I, I'll I'll do a, I'll do them again. I want to go to the other places though. I want to go to the Bahamas and and, uh, and and maybe Hawaii and and I'd like to do some out of Long Beach. That'd be amazing. You know, if I could do like a three or four day cruise out of. Long Beach and just knock these shows out in a couple of days so I don't have to stay on boats for eight, nine days. But now the mask mandate is gone and in airports too, airports and airplanes. I heard they gotten rid of the mask mandate. Thank God. That, was that, that time with masks was awful, man. I'm telling you, that was the worst. I'm so glad it's over. Oh, 
seemingly over. So I just make these stupid come on guy videos, which I like doing. You know, if I can ever catch anything ridiculous on on camera, um, then you know I make these videos, and some there's a lot of hilarious stuff out there. God gives me these moments, so I got to parlay off of them. Um, but summer's coming. Looking forward to grilling. I'm trying to get my ultimate camp cooking back up again. We we were doing really well up into the pandemic, and then. Now, I'm hoping that they'll bring them back, but I don't know if they will come back. We'll see. But I would like to get that back up. Me and we have a best-selling cookbook. We have eight DVDs. We have uh, cooking equipment, including aprons and jackets and hats and um, all types of stuff. I'm going to try to get all those, all that merchandise up on that uh, on that website as well. Because I got uh, the punchline, which is comedians fighting in the boxing ring for stage time and cash prizes. That's a project I did. My, um, I have a documentary called Road Dog that I did back in like 2004. And it chronicles the life and the tribulations of making a living as a stand-up comic on the road. Which people have been raving about. I've been showing them. Um, putting it up on YouTube and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, things are pretty good, man. I don't mean to self-promote, but there's probably something else I wanted to talk about. But, oh, the, oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. I'm sorry, guys. I've got a little. So, the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing at the Academy Awards, the slap hurt around the world. I've really let that sit. Like, I, I probably should have talked about it before, but um, I really had time to really think about it and process it and evaluate it, and um, not that I'm saying anything that anyone has not said before, but um, Will Smith w- became a huge embarrassment to not only actors, but the Academy, America, um, and and just, I think, black people in general. I mean, what he did was an absolute horrific act against a comedian who, you know, it wasn't even that good of a joke. Um, he got offended for his wife. We all know what happened. But you never smack a man, you know, in front of billions of people. You know how embarrassing that is? You know how, like, you know, rude and, 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 and inappropriate? It's assault, man. I, I think... I honestly think to have made a proper statement, they should have arrested him on assault. And I know Chris Rock said no, but it was just uncalled for. There was no justification. And I understand that he may be going through a lot of things right now in his life. You know, you know, problems with his wife, you know, being in the limelight and being made fun of, the butt of many jokes. You know, that's part of being a celebrity, man. That's part of being an entertainer and being in the limelight. This, these are things that happen. These are the things you have to endure. You know, if you want to be a a celebrity or famous or successful or whatever, you have to be able to have thick skin and take, you know, take it, man, wherever it comes from. 
You live a blessed life. And, and, and granted, you're super talented. But you live a blessed life. There's There's no reason for you to act out that way. That was... It was so out of line, and, and, and the fact, I think I think Jim Jeffrey said it too, is that they don't respect comedians at all, yet they need us to host their little event. I mean, the Academy Awards in general is, is a joke. It's like all these entitled people getting trophies and, and awards for things that they've already been paid millions of dollars for and gets fame for, and I mean, what else do you want? It's, it's so pretentious, and and in your face, and it's really become a joke. And then Jim Carrey, I think, said, it's like, Hollywood's not the cool people anymore. It's just not cool. These people are, they're entitled, man. They act better than us. And it's like, I'm sorry. Comedians are, in my opinion, way more badass than actors. We go up there as ourselves. We put our soul on the line. We, we create a voice. We talk about things that, you know, they can get us in trouble, controversial things, takes from different points of view, a voice that can be criticized but yet appreciated and celebrated at the same time. It's, it's really a – being a comedian is one of the toughest things on the planet, man. And I'm not sucking my own pecker here. I'm just saying, like, you know, I know how hard it is, and I know how um, how funny I was before I got into it. And, you know, to become good at it is difficult, never mind becoming great at it. And never mind being paid to do it, never mind being paid millions to do it and gain a fan base. We're just not appreciated that much. And there's no awards for us. There's no comedy movies. There's no best comedies written. or You know, it's just it's just sad that we're put into a lower category if if a category at all not even at this event do they acknowledge us unless they want us to go up there and tell jokes and kind of uh you know shit on or rag on or whatever however you want to uh you know say it but they have us go up there doing that now we're getting slapped for telling jokes it's like the whole thing really tainted and tarnished and embarrassed the Academy in such a way that I don't know if I'll ever even watch it again. I mean, they embarrassed, uh, uh, what's his name, Hart. Uh, God, I can't think of his name. Kevin Hart. They made him apologize for stuff he said 10 years ago about gay people. It's like, you know, dude, don't make us beg for something you want us to do. You, you Who else... Who else are you going to have hosting your stupid award show? Honestly. And and actors are probably like, oh, we don't need you. Oh, yeah. How interesting is your boring-ass award, pretentious, entitled award show without someone going up there and at least cracking on everyone? It it really is an embarrassment. And and the, the Academy, I know they suspended them for 10 years or whatever, but... You know, maybe indefinitely and let people know you get your ass off that stage and you don't touch that comedian. Someone came out, dude, Chris Rock came out a hero to me. Someone came on my stage and smacked me. I would not have been able to keep my cool the way he did. Now, I don't know if he didn't do anything because, uh, you know, because Will's bigger than him. I don't know if he did anything, didn't do anything because he's a class act. 
don't know if he didn't do anything because he didn't want his money to get severed or or be penalized. But he came out like a class act. He just kept his poise, stayed in the pocket, and just delivered whatever needed to be done to keep it professional. And he looked like a real saint. I would have smacked the hell out of uh, out of Will Smith. I would have jumped on his back and choked him out in front of a billion people, and dragged him off the stage, and then went back and 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 introduced the next stupid award. Honestly, man, and I'm not just saying I would have choked him out in front of you. Do not raise your hand to me. All over, what an embarrassment! Is screaming in his loud Will Smith like summer blockbuster idiotic loudness that he has in his movies. Get my wife, man! Oh, you look like an asshole. Come on, guy. When I found out that was real, because I thought I thought it was like the ratings were so bad they had to create something. When I found out that was real, I was like, wow, what a real fucking dumpster fire. What a douche. You sit your ass down and you take these jokes, you billionaire. Nominated and won the Academy Award and you tarnished your own night. Oh, what a dick. And he said it best. He goes, the devil comes for you at the highest moment. Well, your highest moment came, dude. And you ruin your own name. People won't even remember your stupid Academy Award because of what you did. Didn't even have the, the gall to apologize at the moment to Chris Rock, his family, and the Academy. All caught up in his own moment. Oh, God, what a douche. Never liked him. You know, talented, fine. Successful, fine. But man, did his true colors come out that night. All pissed off about a joke that wasn't even that funny and not, not even that offensive. But yet, one of his son's friends is drilling his wife. And, the, and, 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 the, and that's less offensive than what Chris Rock... I mean, the whole thing, man. Anyways, I know I, I know this is behind the eight ball and, 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 and late to the party, but... At the same time, I tell you one thing, man. He will never, ever recover from that. And they may have him in movies, but why would they? I don't think people are even going to go to see his movies. And there's a couple comedians, I won't even name names, but took Will Smith's side. You you should just, just stop doing comedy, man, because... If you don't take the comedian side about someone coming on stage because they didn't like your joke and smacking you, then you shouldn't be doing comedy. No one should ever hit that stage. They, do not, they haven't earned the right to be up there, number one. And you're not going to put myself at harm's way just because you can't take a joke. You get off that stage or suffer the consequences. It's called self-defense at that point. And I've had many times... People throwing shit at me on stage, and, and and not even because I sucked, because they didn't like it. You don't put my well-being at risk just because you're a douche. I remember at the comedy store, I got in trouble one night. Some girl kept coming into the, she, she came into the room drunk, and I was having a good time with the small little crowd. She, she came in thinking she was going to just take over. 
I buried her. She got embarrassed. She came up and, you know, tried to smack me on stage, got kicked out, came back in, threw something at me, got kicked out, came back in, threw a chair, and missed my eye by, like, three inches. And at that point, she jumped on stage to punch me, and I just grabbed her by the shoulders, and I threw her into the chairs. And, yes, I got in trouble, and, yes, I regret it. And, yes, it was probably a stupid move, but, no, I will not take that type of behavior, and I will not get injured or permanently injured just because someone can't, number one, either take a joke or can't take the heat in the kitchen. You don't come into a comedy club and start pretending like you're more important than the comedian. You have not earned your right to be up there. You have not earned your right to to put someone's life at risk, and you will not be you will not be treated welcomingly on my stage just because you suck as a human. Come on, gay. All right. Well, I think those are things I wanted to talk about. Mostly, also, mental illness, man. If you guys are going through it, because I am going through it every day. I've been depressed for four or five years in and out. I'm doing a lot better now. Didn't take any medicine. Tried to do it organically. But if you are going through it, man, reach out to people. Tell them. Let them know you're not good, man. I have a friend now. Her mom died. She got kicked out of her place in Redondo because they're selling them. She has a boyfriend that treats her like shit. I mean, she's going through it, man, and I call her every day to make sure she's okay. If you're going through it, call somebody. Your life is too valuable. Your life is too meaningful to too many people to just throw it away. Figure it out. Call someone. Call me. I'll tell you you suck and say, come on, gay. Whatever you need to do, get it done because the fact is life is too precious. I appreciate life way too much to let it throw away. And I know things suck. I know it's hard right now. It's brutal out there in the world. But the fact is life is too good, man, to just throw that shit away. So call somebody. That's my episode of Come On Guy. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.